Hi, everybody. This is You Don't Own Me podcast, and I'm your host, Juliana J. And uh, this is the follow up to trusting yourself. So, uh, chapter two. Uh, and um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about ways to um, really change your beliefs about not trusting yourself. So we did a whole series on, uh, not a series, we did a whole podcast on not trusting yourself. And uh, that was part one. And I'll put a link in the description. But um, what we were talking about there was things that happen in your life that you that cause you to not trust yourself. And they can be big things like being abused on some level to very small things like um, missing something in school and then never getting, you know, like I use the example of fractions. If you were gone, you were sick for the week or month, they discussed fractions. And so then when it was reintroduced in third, fourth and fifth grade, and so on, you never got a grasp of it because you missed that instruction and so therefore you don't trust yourself when doing math or things like that um, or, you know, counting change or whatever it may be or even small things like you, you know, you painted a picture or something and you showed it to somebody and they were too critical or didn't care and it created some self-trust, some lack of trust within yourself that you are you could be good at those things or do those things well or know what you're doing. And it can really bleed out into everything, you know. Um, if you get have some problems trusting yourself, which I think everyone does on some level, um, it can bleed into everything else. You know, if you don't trust yourself and say how you communicate to others, then you might not also trust yourself when you, um, when you're planning a dinner party or maybe you're at the store and you're trying to decide what pants you should buy for an upcoming interview or, you know, maybe you don't trust yourself in, um, you know, what you might write down in your job, uh, in your CV or your resume, or you don't trust how you're communicating to others. You really don't trust your knowledge base because if you don't, if you can't communicate your thoughts to others, you don't trust that you can do that, then do you even know what you're trying to communicate? It just kind of all stacks on top of each other over time and creates this real level of um, lack of trust in self. I don't know if you can see right now, but um, the dog's under that purple blanket and the blanket keeps moving around. So if you see that, it's not an alien or there's no person behind me that is a little miniature dog. See, I think you can see her tail sticking out of here. There's actually a cat and another dog in here right now, but you can't see them either. Ah. Anyway, so don't be alarmed. It's not an alien. Or anything like that. Uh, so I wanted to talk about some things that I do to sort of work on my self-trust issues. And one of the things I do that I think is pretty powerful for me is, 
is to imagine like something will happen during the day where I've exposed myself as someone who doesn't trust themselves. You know, usually I've just exposed it to to me. You know, while I'm saying or doing something, I realize I don't trust myself here. So that's why this language is coming out of my mouth or uh, that's why I retreated or didn't say anything or didn't participate or, um, you know, sometimes lack of self-trust will will stop you from doing things because you don't, I don't trust myself to know what to do here. I, you know, I don't trust myself. I don't trust my capabilities. I don't trust what I know, you know, all those things. And so when something like that happens to me during the day, I like to role play it in my mind how I would have liked it to happen, to go. So um, let me pick an example. Okay, so, and this is a little bit of a slippery slope, I want to say, because you don't want to start overanalyzing everything you do so that now you've become super self-critical. This isn't what it's about. It's not about being self-critical. It's about like, you know, um, starting this podcast for me, right, was a huge step out of my comfort zone. Um, I just really felt like if I feel this way, other people must feel this way and we should be talking about it. It's important that I started it. But uh I had to really step out of my comfort zone to do it. And uh, I was really afraid, really, really, like I could not express how scary it was for me to consider doing this. And I started to take these baby steps like, um, okay, so I want to start this podcast. What I'm going to do is I'll just buy kind of a cheap mic and some headphones and you know, a look at the software people might use. And, you know, now I have these things, so I have to do something with them or it's a waste of money. What am I going to do? You know, I took these little baby steps that sort of forced me to do something because, well, now I have the equipment. That's not an excuse anymore. Well, now I have, now I know how to use all the software. That's not an excuse anymore. Now I know what to do. That's not an excuse anymore. Um, I do a lot of graphic arts, so, you know, it's not an excuse that I don't have a thumbnail or whatever, but um, it was more than that. So you can do those physical things to kind of push you over there, but um, a lot of it is, I believe that, um, I believe in the theory that your brain does not know the difference between reality or something that you tell it and that role playing things for yourself trick your brain into thinking that that is true and that's who you you are and that you know that actually really happened i believe it is true when you're role playing because you're trying to role play for your best self right so the, it is true but your brain you know, we'll always try to be bringing you back to this comfort zone of even if your comfort zone is uncomfortable, at least you know it, right? So if you're stuck in a what you think is a dead end job and you want to move on, but your brain and do something totally different, maybe 
but your brain wants you to stay in that comfort zone because that's what you know and it's easy you know you could you can do it even though it's not great and it's not fulfilling and you're not enjoying it there it is it's you know you know how to do it you know everything about it it's easy why step out of that you know um and it's in role playing i think you give your brain the ability to imagine what's out there so if you're in this job and you want to get a different job doing something else i would always when i you know when i was commuting to the job i didn't like i would be role playing to myself what it would be like to uh have the job I do want or be in the place I do want? And what are some of the things I would say, you know, and what would my office look like if I had an office? And, um, you know, what, what, what would I do? What would I say? Who, who would I work with? You know, what would I talk about when we weren't talking about work and what accomplishments would I have at this job? And, and all that. And I would do that day after day after day after day. And I would, it would sort of be the same kind of role playing situation. Of course, I'd be at that job that I liked and da da da. But it might be like, oh, you know, I'm going to ask some coworkers out to lunch in this scenario I'm creating in my mind. And what would that look like? And where would we go? And, uh, you know, just role played it, but not in a way where I went, and today I said this really stupid thing at work. So let me, let me just you know, self-criticize that that was a stupid thing you said in work. What could you have said? Well, why didn't you say this? And why didn't you say that? How dumb you didn't bring up this. That's not, that's self-criticizing. That's not, that's not role-playing or just imagining your life in the space that you want it to be in day after day, whatever that is, you know, uh, maybe you want a relationship imagine what that's like. What would that person be like? Like if you went out to dinner with each other, role play that. What would be your like perfect scenario? But don't hold actual life up to your perfect scenario because that's not always blends well, right? Like, um, for example, I'm adopted. So, and I always knew I was adopted. Um, and it's really an amazing gift to somebody if you're an adoptive parent. And thank you so much for being there and doing that. Um, it's it so matters, so matters. But um, I was an adopted kid. And the whole time that I was a kid, I would always imagine what, you know, the biological family was like you know and so of course in my mind you really blow them up into this perfect thing like oh I like to travel so you know my biological mom she loves to travel and she you know loves animals and she's like a famous artist because I love doing art and um, she listens to all this super cool music and you know she does all the like they built her into a person that would not probably exist because there were no flaws, right? She had no flaws. Everything was just like the coolest stuff I could imagine, you know? And so nobody I meet, if I was to meet that biological mom, they would not match that description because I have created 
this thing that doesn't exist. So you would not use it to uh, criticize or judge, you know, my actual biological mom. She comes with her own set of cool stuff I probably don't know about or, you know, whatever she's done in her life or worked through in her life or, or whatnot. She comes with something different. And so to hold her up to this fake standard I've created would not be the right thing to do. Um, so you don't want to do that. But you might want to do stuff like if I was in a relationship with this person and we were trying to figure out what to make for dinner, what might that look like? You know, what would this person do? If I came home and I was really sad because something horrible happened at work, what would this person do? You know? And kind of imagine those things, you know, or what would you do? You know, what would you do if your um, if your partner came home and they had a bad day, you know? Um, so it's kind of trying to figure out role play within yourself. How could you show that you have knowledge and that you trust yourself to yourself how do you help yourself realize that you can be trusted you know and role playing or imagining in your mind is kind of a a good way to do that because you know my experience was in role playing for different jobs i realized i can do those jobs and i am worthy of those jobs and i do have a skill set for those jobs and when i you know would get those jobs i would have already role played so much in my mind it wasn't like i was just sideswiped with things when i went to work you know like oh yeah i've role played this on my mind about how to set up a meeting or whatever it is you need to do you know so there's this role playing aspect which kind of plays into um daydreaming. So a lot of people stop daydreaming because they think that that is a kid's game. Like, you know, it's okay to daydream when you're a child, but when you hit the real world, you need to, you know, this, that, and this, everything's real now. And, and um, actually it's not, it's kind of a creation of, it's your creation, whatever you have created in life. But daydream is really, really important. I feel you need to dream about things in order to achieve things. If you can't dream about them, how do you know that that's something you want or you're going to go after or that is possible or that you're capable of doing it? You know, and it's really fun. Daydreaming is like a really fun meditation on. Um, something you are you know thinking about or dreaming about like uh, oh i'd like to redo my um, bedroom well if i redid my bedroom what would i do you know that's kind of um vision boarding in a way is also daydreaming a lot of people do that you know um it's really easy to do that on pinterest while my vision boards are on print pinterest for various things and uh 
you know, so you don't have to physically cut anything out of a magazine or whatnot, but you can, you know, um, I do them on Pinterest and it's just a daydream, you know, it's like, I'm going to dream big, man. I want that. You know, what if I had an orange couch, you know, or, or whatever, it's just, and daydreaming, it kind of reinforces that, you know, things, you know, and you're capable of stuff and you can create that because you've already role played it and then kind of daydreamed about it. I think those are important as well as the other things we talked about in episode one, which was writing down where you, do, where you don't trust yourself every time it comes up and then looking at that and uh, really realizing that it's only one problem. You know, it's not that you aren't good at these 50 things you wrote down. It's just that you don't trust yourself to be good. You know, it's just really one thing you have to work on when it all comes down to it. So how, you know, and then what you do after that with it, you know, whether you role play the situation into something where you would have acknowledged to yourself that you trust yourself in this topic. And then, and also giving yourself the grace to realize that no one knows everything there is to know about everything. If they did, scientists wouldn't spend their whole lives learning, you know, uh, these, once you got your PhD, you'd be over, you know, it all now that's, that's it. You know, there'd be no need to write another book or do any more research or learn anything. No one will ever know everything about even their specialty. So you can be rest assured that you don't have to know everything to trust yourself in your knowledge base, you know, or trust yourself. Like for me, trusting myself that, you know, if some abuser comes to me again and tries to do something bad to me, I can do something about that. I don't just disengage and, you know, I'll come back later after it's over and then um, add that to my pile of stuff I don't trust myself about. I can actually do some things like I might not be able to stop it if somebody's, you know, trying to attack me, but I can trust myself that I am trying to be as safe as possible. And I was trying to be as safe as possible during that time. You know, um, we can't always like the right, the, the perfect things, what we wish would happen doesn't always happen. And those are our lessons in life, I guess. Um, my yoga instructor called some of those things, uh, troublemakers. So there's troublemakers in your life that you have to um, that are there so that you can learn more about yourself and uh, more about where you want to be in the world and how you want to perceive it and what um, navigation tools you want to have as you walk through life, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, some sort of spiritual practice or some sort of um, exercise or you know, journaling practice or meditation practice or whatever it may be, um, those tools you use to walk through life, you know, um, 
just kind of helps you define all of that to have these troublemakers. You know, if life was always good, if everything was always beautiful and perfect, we wouldn't necessarily know that because we only know what's beautiful in the contrast of what isn't, you know. So uh, it's all, everything happens for a reason, but we can then realize where we've gone wrong or thought wrong or, you know, uh, used it, used a bad situation to then feel worse about ourselves than we felt before it happened or to have it be something that's just conf- just um, showing you again and again and again that you aren't worthy. That's not what's, you know, if you're thinking that about life, that's not true. That stems from you not trusting your beliefs of self and other things, of course, but we're talking about um, trust in self. So those are a few things that I do and I try to change. I try to recognize in my brain when I say something that I don't want to say that I don't do that anymore. I don't say that anymore. I don't think that about myself anymore. And then now I'll actually even, like I might do something that I'm trying not to do anymore or say something I'm trying not to say about myself. Like um, maybe it's uh, making fun of myself in a, in, in a negative way, like making fun of my vulnerability that I am really insecure about you know, which is in a sense, just telling me I can't be trusted to myself. I try to stop that. And I might even say something after it. Like if I say something really self-deprecating about myself um, and then say, but I'm trying not to do that anymore. I shouldn't have said that about myself. You know, I have a frustration with this, but it's not, it's not a defining quality to be something I don't like you know it's something to change or figure out or or decide I'm um, overreacting on it or it's a societal belief that I don't need to subscribe to or whatever it might be you know like I'm really trying to do that with uh, judging people you know Um, I really as a survival mechanism kind of got into that at one point and I'm um, deprogramming out of that now. So when I say things, I try to realize that, you know, you don't do that anymore. So you need to say something about that right now because that was wrong. And, and so I do, I always try to, and I try to recognize it. So, you know, it's hard work. It's hard work to try and trust yourself. And as I said before, I don't think you ever, you you can't cure that. And then you go on and never have to think about it again. Other things will come up where you don't trust yourself. You know, things come up all constantly, all the time, you know, and you have to figure out how to navigate that for yourself and also how to recognize ludicrous beliefs about yourself when they are you know, like this is way over the top. Why are you so mean to yourself? You know, 
you have to be good to yourself. That's part of the self-love journey people talk about. And and there's a lot of dialogue about what, how do you love yourself? What is that? You know, love is not, it's not, um, you know, it's just a, a notion. It's not anything real. And, um, I do for lack of language to talk about self-love we use that term self-love which i think really has a lot of value honestly you do need to love yourself and in loving yourself you have respect for yourself you have confidence in yourself you trust yourself you you like things about yourself even though what you're working on you're not you know, self-defeating all the time. You're not trying to uh, make yourself look bad in your own eyes all the time. You're, you're, you're giving it to yourself. You know, if you feel like I need to check out right now and just go read a book and then you do that, that's, um, that's giving yourself a little love, you know? And I think that's really, really important in life if we don't give ourselves permission love if we don't honor ourselves if we don't treat ourselves right if we don't lift ourselves up if we don't try to overcome things that have been challenging in our lives if we work on trusting ourselves it's just better you know It's a better life. So I think self-love is very, very important, however you define it. I'm waiting for somebody to come up with um, some word that catches on. That means just, for crying out loud, be good to yourself, you know. So um, I hope you all tell me how it's going for you and what works for you. And uh, as some of you know, we're doing a collab with um, Social Refugees, which is a nonprofit that deals with uh, their clients or people who are affected by suicide, illness, or death. And it's a suicide awareness slash help nonprofit. And so we're doing a collaboration with them, which is 12 months of journal writing and March will come out soon. And uh, it will kind of touch on this subject of trusting yourself, but you know, it's not something you can really solve in a month's time. So hopefully uh, the journal, the journaling project will move through that and come back and touch on it time and time again and give you some foundation by the time the year is out. If you haven't been participating, it's totally okay. You can jump into that journal project anytime, uh, but keep an eye out for the March prompts, writing prompts, which will come be coming out soon. So in the meantime, I love you. I support you. Thank you so much for for listening to me, for watching me on my channel, for subscribing, for liking. I so, so appreciate all of you. Uh, I am so thankful that you're all here taking this journey with me and I wish you all the love and joy.
So have a good day or night or wherever you are, and I'll see you in the next one.